it's 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 everything it's 100 percent. see the thing is we created such a very specifically vibrant and positive environment it's very different from from any other clubs and the reason we know that is because we, like because we're so inclusive we managed to recruit such a mix of people and some of them are experienced in you know from all other kind of leagues they trained with and when they play with us they always say this experience is so different this was the funnest experience of hockey i ever had Welcome back to the Pride and Puck podcast. This is episode number seven. Um, I've got a, another big guest on today. Uh, hopefully, I can get your name correct. Anya Grichina. I think that's right. Grichina. Yeah, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> Anya Grichina. <laughs> um, thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, we, finally, we, we finally worked out a time that... We could get both of us together after plenty of messages back and forth and a, can- <laughs> a cancellation. <laughs> yeah, busy lives, busy lives. <laughs> um, you've got a um a very interesting job. Do I? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> yes, yes, I am sexologist. Sex and relationship counselor. Yeah, I, I would assume. <laughs> I haven't haven't mm-hmm. discussed this with anyone else, but I would assume you're the first first person with that occupation that's been on the podcast. On this podcast, yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty small industry. In fact, I probably would go as far as to say I probably am the first sexologist who runs with hockey stick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's awesome that you get to help people um, for your job every day. I reckon that's cool. Yeah, I absolutely love my job. I really do. Yes. Um, tell us about your first introduction to ice hockey, because I know that you people can probably tell by the accent that you've got that you didn't grow up in Australia. Indeed, indeed. I grew up in Russia, which at the time was actually Soviet Union. Yeah. And so I I actually was born and grew up in Siberia, which is a very cold place. Um, most of the time it's winter. At, at the coldest time, it's minus 40. So, you know, there comes time when every every park and every field and every empty space turns into something rather icy. Um, and so winter sports were always favorites because they're accessible and almost free, really. Um, so yes, there was a lot of um, winter sports at school. In fact, to a point where you know, as a school kids, we were just so sick of it. You know, we would all go around with the you know big um, field skiing. You know, and it's it's yep. not really exciting skiing either because it's on a on a sort of level, not like like that. You know, not not on a on a slope. It's just kind of boring going around and around with skis. So I got really bored of that. But um, yes, so I did um, skate a little bit because you grow up in in places like this. Um, it's almost unavoidable, really. And so 
the most the most popular like you know because i was a girl and it was kind of a little bit of skating around um in figure skates yeah so that's that was it in terms of kind of practical applications um but because um winter sports were always so popular um they were the most kind of watched so our ice hockey players were always heroes and um figure skaters as well so that was kind of yeah and you know i remember actually it was so much easier to watch ice hockey because the field is so much smaller and the goals are small and you can keep everything within the side um you know looking at the football field oh my goodness it's huge like like how don't you lose your head like even just going from one spot to another i think it's too big we need to reduce the size of <laughs> <laughs> football field <laughs> and too many um, players reduce size of the players <laughs> <laughs> um so you've, you've grown up over there um and mm. obviously been introduced to ice hockey um and figure skating and things like that from early age um and then you've moved to Australia, which is a totally different place um, to mm. where you grew up. You grew up. How, so how, how did that sort of go about moving here from a place that's um, very cold to a place that's known for its beaches and, and sunshine? Yeah, look, the climate was actually major consideration. Major. I absolutely loved kind of, you know, the whole idea of it. I haven't experienced um, before obviously and so the, the the first the first couple of years I didn't actually even notice season changes to me it was like constant summer now of course I'm the biggest winter how oh the winter is so cold you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, like I, it, to me like the first when I arrived it was just like this is like our summer all of it yeah yeah um yeah so that, that was one of the yeah one of the major kind of appeals to me other than obviously you know <laughs> economy was completely in ruins in Russia. <laughs> yeah un understandable yeah. um when you moved here did you actually think australia would have ice hockey here didn't even cross my mind didn't even cross my mind and as a matter of fact because of the age when i arrived it's just the age when you throw yourself in life and kind of you know everything kind of escalates you know um, I started uni, I have a child, I finished uni, I got a job, I got another child, and it went on and on and on. Um, I didn't even have a hobby for most of my life, let alone considering all of these nuances, you know, what you're actually attracted to in terms of, you know, how do you want to move your body? Um, so, yeah, no, didn't, didn't even cross my mind at all. I never thought I will put ice skates, um, you know, figure skates or anything on ever again. And of course, because if you're not looking for it, you don't see it. Yeah. And here yeah. it's just so subtle. Um, the first time I uh, the first time I actually realized there is an ice rink was in, in Canterbury, where I took my my first born kid at the age of about eight. Um, I think I, I find this Canterbury ice rink somehow because we moved into this area. And I'm going, oh, wow, look, there is an ice rink. And so that's how, yeah, first time I kind of go, oh, there you go. But then, you know, I, I, Canterbury was lovely. Um, shame to lose it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a common theme in Australia that we keep losing ice rinks, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, that's that's right. It adds to 
the fact that there is no exposure whatsoever, there is you know no visibility of the sport. As exciting as winter sports can be, we just don't have exposure, right? And ice rinks being so invisible, yeah, it doesn't help. And um, how did you joining Harbour Lights? How did you find them? How did you find the Harbour Lights? <laughs> well, first I find Stuart. <laughs> shout out to Stuart (laughs) Stuart is kind of synonymous with Hubbleite isn't he (laughs) yeah 100% (laughs) yes but I knew him before before I knew that he he plays ice hockey yeah we met met through music scene just yeah right yeah yeah yeah. he's he's a DJ you know quite talented musician as well so we, we met through through that and uh, became friends, became Facebook friends. And and then I started seeing him posting pictures of, you know, playing hockey and hockey games and stuff like this. And so when the circumstances aligned in such a way that I was able to kind of, and in fact, it was really beneficial. Um, and so I asked him if I can join his team. And of course he was delighted. He would like anybody to join and everybody. There's nobody more enthusiastic about ice hockey, especially queer ice hockey than Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know that um I know that playing for Harbor Lights, um, you mentioned to me before we come on the podcast, um it's almost like a mental health thing for you, especially um, playing for Harbour Lights. Um, you, you mentioned yeah. on a, like a dementia scale. Can you sort of tell us about that? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, in a way, because because ice hockey requires so many skills that I haven't had, right? So um, everything from balance. And when I started, I was 51. Now I'm 53. So... It is kind of an age where you start thinking, okay, yeah, where are we going to go with this? Uh, how are we going to maintain the cognitive capacity and all of that? Uh, and so, yeah, um, I figured if if I just stick with this, I will never have to actually work too hard on anything else because there is so many skills. You know, skating itself, I will never be like, I will never be done with it and just go, well, now I'm supreme skater because it requires so many um, every muscle in your body and every brain cell in my head, which never get used in any other ways, right? <laughs> Gets engaged, you know? That just just picking up the balance, how we, the importance of the balance in it and, and how much mindful, mindfulness you have to put into balance and, you know, where the body weight is going. Just extraordinary. And on top of that, of course, it's, you know, the there is a stick in your hand and there is puck in front of you, well, hopefully, um, and other players to consider, and there is rules of the game, and what's going on, and it's so fast, you know, like every literally every every neuron in my my head is firing. You can't, yeah, you know, this is it. Like this is my prevention pre- preventing dementia <laughs> strategy. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned you mentioned your age, um, so I might I might bleep that out. I'll I'll talk to you after because. People... No, 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 no. I'm very <laughs> proud of my age. No. <laughs> I don't know what's, what's wrong with the world with all of this, you know. I mean, we live longer and longer. And so most of our lives, we're going to be spending going, oh, shh, I'm a bit embarrassed of my age. No, I'm very proud of my age. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome because I think you should be. 
Totally. <laughs> totally am. <laughs> um, joining at 51, um, can you tell us about that? What were the challenges um, of, of starting hockey at 51 over here? Oh, gosh. You know what? Everything was kind of a challenge. For a start, because, you know, because when I was a kid, I was skating a little bit, right? Um, in figure skates. And so when Stuart, Stuart goes, so do, you can skate a little bit, right? Being Russian, I'm just going, yeah, I think I can. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I kind of know my, my strengths and weaknesses. And I thought for me, I need to commit to something and it has to be social. It has to be sort of this social undertone to um, to ice hockey, right? It's a team sport. I really, really needed that. Otherwise I'm really poorly motivated. So, um, and another part of commitment was if I invest in a pair of skates, because that's not a cheap piece of equipment, right? If I invest in piece of skates, I will stick to the sport, right? I will stick to training. That was my strategies, you know? It, it's all in strategy. And so we, he spent generously an hour with me downstairs in the shop, um, fitting all the skates on, right? And so here I was like, you know, with my skates on, thinking I'm, I'm going to skate, right? And so I, I got on ice after about, I don't know, 30 years not skating at all. And the first thing I realized, like, as wobbly as I was, I'm just like, oh, okay. And then I realized I can't actually stop because on in figure skates, you stop with the with the toe pick, right? And I was like, oh, shit, I can't stop. Thanks goodness I wasn't going any fast. But I immediately just bumped into next person, you know, next to me. <laughs> It was my way of stopping. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I realized that I lied to Stuart. I'm not as good of a skater as I was. <laughs> so it's it's sort of like a bit of a stereotype that if you come from a cold climate and snow, people think you can skate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, to, to a large extent, if, if you take the bell curve, you know, take all of the Australians who can skate, take all the Europeans who can skate, of course, there will be more Europeans who skate, right? Um, yeah, but I was I was very much out of practice, very much out of practice. And I had absolutely, I totally underestimated what difference the shape of the blade makes. It makes all the difference. The fact that it's a little bit curved and it has, you know, it doesn't have the topic. Um, and the difference in length, oh my God, it, it's like, it was such a different experience. I had to start from, from scratch completely. Well, I'm, I'm very poor on ice skates, so I can't, I can't criticize anyone. <laughs> yes, you can. You can criticize me. <laughs> Everybody else does. <laughs> um, and in terms of starting at that age, um, ice hockey, what have you found, um, with yourself body-wise? Because you probably would have seen some changes since actually skating and even getting fitter and things like that. Have you have you noticed a lot of changes in your body? Interesting. In, you know, at, at this age, you notice things very differently, very e um, easily. Um, but the way how I notice it is when I lose a level of fitness. That That is so easy to notice, right? If, I, if I'm not at the ring for like three, four weeks, Oh, that's very noticeable right away. Yeah. It's a lot harder to kind of build it up again, very slow, but it's so easy to just like, oh, and even cardio fitness, um, you know, a couple of sort of rolls around and it's just like, oh, that's tricky. Yeah. So um, I think it's, it kind of gives you, 
overall it's it I, I don't think it's even just the fitness as in physical fitness i think it's overall great strategy for well-being yeah um the camaraderie that we have in the in the team the support um great for social athletes you know um i love just people cheering on me i've never <laughs> clearly I've never became and never will be a particularly impressive player. But boy, do I like just, just running around, even though I'm the slowest. But never mind, I'm there. <laughs> and, you know, and, and people are just so generous with their support. I love hearing them just, you know, you know, when I'm a defense, it's it's really, it's, yeah, goalies on their own. Um, but but still, people are cheering for me, and it's 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 really pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Harvard Lights has obviously got so many different individuals from um, older people to younger people in between. Um, how did you find coming in to Harbour Lights and, and forming relationships? Was it quite easy or was it difficult at the start? Very easy. Very easy. It's such an inclusive place. Really. Um, you know, like when you're in, in, in the ring, like in Ice, Ice Zoo, which is the, the rink which, which we're training mostly in, um, you know, you really kind of you kind of forget it's 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 its own little world that we have created, um, with such a strong camaraderie in the team, and it is a mixed team. It's not it's like LGBTQI and um all kinds of allies. So you kind of forget really that there are places somewhere, not just in the world, but also in Australia, where this camaraderie doesn't exist. Yeah, this is such a beautiful, warm, friendly bubble. Just wonderful. Everybody reach out to each other. Everybody support each other. Yeah, it's it's just just amazing. And and you also mentioned to me um, when we were talking before the podcast that um, you found that what, what you loved about it was there's no gender divides within queer hockey. Um, oh my god, this is so important. Yeah, can this you just so explain important. that to the to the listeners? Well, so the one of the so I, I believe that ice hockey does have this a bit of a bad image problem, right? Um, it's it perceived as really aggressive sport. And to extent it is, if you look at the games, um, you know, the um, NHL games, for example, not only they, they check into each other really quite aggressively, but they also occasionally have a punch-up, right? Yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> I mean, look, there are, I'm sure there are pockets of population which find this kind of stuff appealing, but I do think it kind of holds the sport back a little bit in terms of um, general acceptance. So, so you know, trust queer people to, to kind of sort out that problem. Yeah. We don't have that problem. <laughs> we have mixed, mixed teams with um, slightly different rules. So our, our rules, are, it's a non-contact. Uh, the the reasons why ice hockey has such a reputation for being dangerous sport, I think, is actually because it's contact sport. Um, the fact that you fall on the ice and ice is a pretty hard surface seems terrifying. However, the gear is phenomenal these days, right? Um, gear is fantastic. You just fall and you pretty much bounce back and off you go. Um, <laughs> but but when when somebody you know hundred kilos weight checks deliberately in you aggressively that's a different level of danger and so that level of danger is removed with uh, queer hockey because it's mixed team and it would be unbelievably unsafe if we would did that because somebody who is 50 kilos will play with somebody who is 100 kilos right and so 
<laughs> oh gosh, those games. Even 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 if accidentally we bump into each other and it's in in the actual game, it, I can hear like, oh, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. And so each other kind of like helping each other up and checking everything is all right. So the completely completely different level of risk and live and, and um risk of injury. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of fighting in hockey at all. Um, I don't know how long yeah. you're gonna go on like this. It just looks so antiquated these days, doesn't it? It just does. Go, somebody make a call already. It it, it has to be ruled out. <laughs> um, you met you touched on it a little bit before about um the encouragement that you get from the squad. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because it, it's sort of that's the idea of the podcast, or that was the idea behind the podcast. Why I wanted to start it was to to get people to talk about that um, from a queer perspective and from a um, allies for, um, perspective, and just how it's helped yourself and, and and other people. Can you just talk us about that? What how much that means to have that encouragement from within the Harbour Lights um, for everyone? Uh, it's 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 everything. It's hundred percent. See, the thing is, we created such a very specifically vibrant and positive environment it's very different from from any other clubs and the reason we know that is because we, like because we're so inclusive we managed to recruit such a mix of people and some of them are experienced in you know from all other kind of leagues they trained with and when they play with us they always say this experience is so different this was the funnest experience of hockey I ever had honestly you wouldn't believe how often we hear that when we have games you know when we had the world pride games here and um pride cup last year we have exactly the same experience when um yeah people people reflecting back people who we recruit as like allies for example who had experience many experiences with any any other hockey teams um and uh they, they just go yeah this is this is just just different vibe completely um in fact the only reason I remember the score after the game, because, you know, I like, I take it personally. If <laughs> somebody scored on us and I was the defense and I was nowhere to be seen because I was trying to make my way from, from the other side of the <laughs> of that field. I know, you know, that's on me. And I remember that, we, you know, we kind of lost one. Um, but but ultimately, there is it absolutely doesn't matter who wins or lose. You know, we just we just play for the fun of it. We really do, and and this is that makes so much difference. Do you think a club like Harbour Lights, um, it's obviously the hockey is there, but they're more about the person and people rather than so much the hockey. The hockey is obviously a a by part byproduct of it's it's. Do you think it's because of that is why people feel um, a difference at Harbour Lights because it's a lot of focus on the individual and making people feel welcome. Yes, yes. And honestly, Stuart put so much effort into it. I'm sure he will hate that I'm mentioning him repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> but he literally just welcomes every single person we recruit, like individually and personally. Yeah. And so it, it, it does, it, it becomes very, um, very personal. And, and his passion for hockey, it just permeates everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, bubbly personalities just come forward and, and we created such a really interesting, vibrant team and really good board, right? And um, yeah, like all of a sudden these individuals just come and flourish because the environment is so supportive. 
Yeah. Well, it, but hockey, hockey is definitely the glue. Uh, but I don't think without the attitude, it would be possible to create a team which is just so positive. Yeah. And it, if just on that, if you keep mentioning Stuart, Stuart actually <laughs> might, Stuart might decide to come on the podcast. Um, so just if we keep mentioning Stuart's name. You know, I reckon he should be called. <laughs> it's almost like he is an elephant in the room, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, given your professional background, um, was any of that sort of in terms of like relationships and things like that, did that help you with at, at Harbour Lights? Um, almost sort of like a motherly figure. <laughs> um, um, good question. Good question. I don't know. Um, you know, I think it's more personality thing. Um, in fact, in my job, it's like, you kind of seem to be more of a, um background when in here i often take a bit of a kind of you know almost like a mascot of a team really because i'm not a good player i'm not really like <laughs> good at anything specific but um just live with enthusiasm if anything yeah <laughs> yeah so i don't know if it's um and and i and i don't know if 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 motherly role kicks in because People, people who I'm interacting with are just so competent and so passionate. I, th I think the the numbers are just completely blurred. It's the the, the only thing I, like the only times I remember that I might be the oldest person here is when everybody is already like woof, completely like speeding across, and I'm just like oh okay okay yeah I'm, I'm coming yep coming. <laughs> <laughs> you so shouldn't. You, you shouldn't you shouldn't down downplay your your game every everyone's got an important role on the team yes and i'm a mascot <laughs> <laughs> um one of the things i wanted to ask you and this is um a sort of a little bit left field um you love the smell of hockey <laughs> um <laughs> why do you love the smell of hockey because i don't think of it, it does have a distinct smell to it <laughs> but I don't, I don't i've I've never heard anyone say that they love the smell of hockey right i'm gonna give you like scientific explanation right <laughs> <laughs> i think well if if anybody I, I'm, I'm pretty sure every every person who would be listening to this podcast will know exactly how hockey smells right yeah let's not, let's not be <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be people who know the smell of hockey and so it might not be in and of itself particularly pleasant smell however because when you actually engage in this activity the the whole entire sort of hormonal landscape of the body creates this absolutely fabulous cocktail of, of chemicals right you know when you accelerate on ice and it's just so it's it's kind of this effortless and so much speed out of nowhere it comes. It's, you know, the, all of these endorphins and dopamines, they're just overwhelming, right? And so to me, the smell of it also kind of intertwines with, with feelings of all of that, everything else that comes with hockey, including camaraderie, including this social kind of side of it. So because all of it like that... Um, like you know as soon as i open my hockey bag i can smell all of that i can smell the excitement and friendship and this acceleration you know <laughs> all of it 
And this is how you, it's by association, I think. I, I try not to separate it. Otherwise, it would be really ghastly. <laughs> <laughs> the smell of hockey. <laughs> the smell of hockey becomes your happy place. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's a fun name for a podcast. The smell of hockey. <laughs> Um, what's been, um, your favorite moment since joining the Harbour Lights? Oh my God. You know, there's few, right? I I would say the games are usually a highlight just because the vibe is electric. Everybody just loves it. It's just such a happy time. So, but oh my goodness. When we went to Melbourne, we spent entire day at the magnificent rink, um, Ice HQ, uh, beautiful rink and uh, beautiful games were organized. And it, it, the entire day, like we spent the entire day either spectating or playing. And, and this is going to be an unforgettable day for me. It was the first games I actually played, right? Um, that was really memorable. And um, of course, World Cup. You can't forget because, um, again, the vibe was just amazing. And even organizing it, even though it was you know, well, it was quite an undertaking, let's face it. Um, but the outcome was so great. So many happy people. Um, few people flew from inter- interstates, but also even overseas, right? So it was it was quite lovely. Yeah, that is that that is quite unforgettable as well. Yeah, but my I, also, you know what? Probably my first and only amazing pass. It wasn't the first game ever. As, as I've mentioned, I'm not the best player. I'm never going to be deluded about that. But that was some kind of magic happened. And I just put the puck right from my stick onto the other player's stick. It's, it, <laughs> it will never, I can never recreate that. I don't know how it happened, right? And so it's still so sharp in my mind. Like, wow, did this even happen? <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone's got that on video. <laughs> oh, gosh. It, it was in Melbourne, I think. Yeah, it was in Melbourne, I think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but ultimately, like mostly games go like a blur, right? I don't remember much. But that was just like ta da! This moment <laughs> of enlightenment. <laughs> I remember. I remember talking to Meredy. Um, you'd probably know Meredy. Um, well, I th- I think we maybe maybe we have met, but but she's much better player than me, so I don't think she would play. She <laughs> would be so bored. She would have a snooze. <laughs> <laughs> and while it's talking while about the. <laughs> we're talking about the world pride and it was i mentioned it was almost like with so many with the people there it was almost like you felt like a a, a bit of a celebrity hockey player a bit of a professional <laughs> oh gosh uh, if i would be able to fool myself that far <laughs> <laughs> but look because you know there is a, such a big difference between the um our the beginners game and the advanced players you know, the advanced players games usually very exciting. I love watching them. Yeah, yeah. So yes, it is a bit of a but you know, even the fact just just how how everything went so smoothly and all of these beautiful jerseys that you know, different colored jerseys that we ordered and um it, it did feel kind of yeah, had this celebratory festive feel to it. The whole event was just magnificent. Yeah, yeah. it looked amazing. It looked amazing. Um one last question for you. Uh, if a queer person or someone who is older in age wanted to, was looking to get into sport, why, why would you recommend hockey and why would you recommend Harbour Lights? Okay, so if it's, a, if it's a queer person and it's a person, you know, middle-aged, um, 
well, again, for the reason that they will be exercising not just their body, but also mm -hmm. their brain, right? You know how everybody, you, it's, it's now common kind of common discourse that, you know, preventing cognitive decline, you would need to keep your mind um, active. And these days, you know, people kind of mistake things like scrolling Facebook for keeping your mind active. <laughs> That's a misconception. <laughs> but constantly learning new skills um, is keeping your mind active. And with hockey, as I said before, you will never run out of new things to learn. Um, I mean, you know, it will take you maybe a few months to even learn stopping as you skate, right? Let alone yeah. doing some of the tricky and amazing things. And it feels so good once you just, you know, you try to learn something for months and months and months and suddenly it comes together. And the feeling just such a satisfaction out of it. Yeah. And the, the fitness aspect um, comes so effortlessly because you're pretty much consumed with other things, right? You, you're using your body and you know next morning you used your body. But it comes kind of um, almost secondary to all of the other aspects of it. So it's it's such a it's such a lovely way of keeping fit and and keeping sharp and keeping engaged, you know. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know, maybe other sports like that. But which sport give you such a lovely acceleration on such a hard surface? <laughs> <laughs> and and why why would you recommend Harbor Lights to people? What makes Harbor Lights so special? Yeah, look, I mean. <laughs> I, I wish the queer hockey scene was bigger, but it's not so big. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very big scene. Um, one of our players is actually um, former <laughs> recovering U.S. citizen, <laughs> Dustin. He's from U.S. originally. And it took him a while to discover um, Hubbleites. And, and, and he's actually an interesting example of a queer person who didn't want to join a team which wasn't a queer team. Yeah, but once he go, oh look, there's a gay hockey. He is there, right? And boy, he's a magnificent skater and player. Yeah, um, so it, it makes it makes the difference. And because because the, the scene is so small, you know, in Sydney, pretty much as far as ice hockey, queer ice hockey, that's us. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to plug before you go? Where can people find you or anything like that? Very easy to find me intimatematters.com.au that's that would be my website and um yeah i would be delighted to hear from anyone who is queer or not and if you share a love of hockey with me then even better <laughs> a love a love and a smell of hockey yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> um well anya thanks for coming on the podcast uh i really appreciate it as I tell all the guests, um, it's so cool to get the support from people within these clubs um, who play for Harbour Lights or Southern Lights or whoever it is, um, just to tell these stories of um, how much people love these clubs and, and what it means to them. Um, so thank you for coming on. I think I think we could do a part two. We, we could have a laugh and that much to talk about. So I'll have to get you back on another season. Um, but thank you for coming on. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I just want to thank Anya for coming on the podcast. Um, I had a great time, terrific episode, um, an awesome person, had a barrel of laughs. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, I think there's a part two in there somewhere because we can just keep talking and talking and 
just continuing to laugh about different stories, um, ice hockey or not. So um, thanks, Anya, for coming on. It was awesome. Um, as I always say, can you please like, subscribe, um, share, rate, um, give us a follow, whatever platform you're on. It's just going to help us grow. Um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pride Puck Pod. Um, a little bit of other news as well. Um, some people might be aware, but I recently launched um, Hockey Hype Australia with a good friend of mine, Gordon Goodenough. Um, you can find Hockey Hype Australia at um, Hockey Hype Oz um, and www.hockeyhypeaustralia.com.au. We're launching a website in September. So that's just an overall ice hockey website and platform um, covering the sport here in Australia. Um, and the news out of that is that Pride and Puck podcast will become part of the Hockey Hype Australia network. So that's really cool as well. So we should see a, a few more different things coming out of the podcast moving forward now that um, we're under the Hockey Hype Australia network. We've got different creators and contributors on Hockey Hype Australia. So that should hopefully make the podcast a little bit more appealing as well across the socials. So look out for that, um, Hockey Hype Australia. Um, but as always, um, can't wait for the next episode and I'll talk to you next time.